Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am, but Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's his own dereliction is um, partly to blame for this. He chose to go out to rallies. He chose to uh, downplay masks. He chose to not social distance uh, and, and call it a hoax. Is this now a moment of reckoning that, yes, this is real. It is not a hoax. It doesn't care if you're a Democrat or a Republican. It is time to take this seriously and all the preventative measures that the scientists the doctors like Dr. Fauci and Dr. Birch have been touting for so long. Floating public health regulations. He's been floating public health regulations or has he been flouting public health res- regulations? Tom Lemus from ABC. So, um, wow, where are we today? You know by now, the president just, uh, Marine One just left the White House just seconds ago. Uh, to Walter Reed, heading to Walter Reed Medical Center, where the ho- president will be hospitalized, and the first lady, I think, is with him too. Um, and a special suite they have for the president. Found out early in this morning. My wife woke me up. Actually, I don't know if I've quite, quite recovered. Early this morning, that um, that uh, president had COVID uh, nineteen. Not sure where he got it as yet. They think that maybe he got it from Hope Hicks. She or, Hope or the Hicks. two of them got it from a common source potentially too. Right, it could be. I mean, who who knows any way? But well, this is a of, yeah. Go ahead. Right, but this is a this is an incredible moment uh, in history. Um, it's an incredible. It's just uh, this is all this is new. You listening and me and Alice and my kids and your kids and your friends and my friends. We're all in a new place here, and there's no recent template for this that's happening right now. Predictably, right after the thing happened, the president announced that he had COVID-19. The media was terrible, and I don't want to spend all the time in the world talking about it. You know what they say and what they do. Today, I had the I write uh, I write editorials for the uh, newspaper, the Lowell Sun and the Fitchburg Sentinel and Enterprise. And I'm like, uh, you know, saying, okay, the, the low hanging fruit is even without no, without even looking, 
I knew that the easy editorial to write was how the media were terrible about the COVID thing. And an old an, an aide of Hillary Clinton said, uh, you know, she hopes he dies. And there's all sorts of stuff like that. You know that it's going to happen. The same idiots always say the same stuff. And I've, I've, to be honest, I'm sick of writing that column. I've written it so many times when Scalia died, when other people died on the right. They all come out and say it. That said, when this all happened, and we'll get to the political and the media coverage and the personal, um, you know, obviously we are hoping for the best for hope for President Trump, for Melania Trump. I will, I, I'll, let's do, let me do the media first, and then we'll get to that stuff. So, um, I, 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 I didn't want to talk about that. A lot of people have stepped up magnanimously. And uh, I think they should be. We should mention it. I think uh, Rachel Maddow had a very a heartfelt and um, kind of an almost an almost loving sentiment for the president, saying "God bless you" and uh, and some other things, just words, kind of words. Joe Biden did. Um, the Kamala Harris did. You know, and a lot of that stuff is professional protocol, and it's just what you do. And but in 2020. With the change that that's happened to so many people, two more hogs got the fever. Then I think it should be it's notable when people have the wherewithal um, to act with civility at times like this with uh, somebody who's so polarizing, so so many people hate for whatever reason, whatever. So I am I am pleased that we saw some good behavior. the The media's behavior, of course, by and large, has been terrible. Donald, I mean, uh, Don Lemon's an idiot. So he's not a smart guy. He's one of these guys who's, he's got a college degree and, and somebody was good enough to notice probably while raising him that they had a dumb kid and was smart enough to instill in him um, a really good self-esteem and the belief that he's a smart guy and that he's, uh, <laughs> so so he's audacious, you know, and he's not afraid to lecture and, you know, make pronouncements that his feeble mind uh, have no real grasp of of uh, of making no chance of making, but he does it anyway because he's got a good sel- sense of uh, sense of self, which is all that matters with uh, millennials anyway. So Donald Trump, as soon as the Trump stuff happens uh, last night, uh, Don Lemon goes right to right to the darkest parts of uh, his uh, feeble uh, soul in a minimal mind. It's his own der- dereliction is. Um partly to blame for this. He chose to go out to rallies. He chose to uh, downplay masks. He chose to not social distance uh, and, and call it a hoax. Yep, had it coming. I get it, Don. But he had a moment of levity. Sanjay, you mentioned hydroxychloroquine. The president took it. Um, it, did, it did not work. Now, and listen, I don't mean to that in a, you know, I'm not being facetious. No, it did not, not at all. It <laughs> obviously does not work and did not work for him. Right. And get to the point, Don. What are you trying to say? Is this now a moment of reckoning that, yes, this is real. It is not a hoax. It doesn't care if you're a Democrat or a Republican. It is time to take this seriously and all the preventative measures that the scientists, the doctors like Dr. Fauci and Dr. Burks, have been touting for so long. Right. Just admit, he had this coming, in other words. So just moments ago, for the first time since... Um, whenever it was late la- or early this morning, I guess when Donald Trump, um, when Donald Trump uh, tweeted 
that uh, that he had the COVID virus. He's actually uh, recorded a video and just posted a video on Twitter, and I'm going to play that right now. I want to thank everybody for the tremendous support. I'm going to Walter Reed Hospital. I think I'm doing very well, but we're going to make sure that things work out. The First Lady is doing very well. So uh, thank you very much. I appreciate it. I will never forget it. Thank you. And there you go. So there's uh, the president breaking his Twitter silence. That is no, it is notable. I, Michael Moore brought it up as a conspiracy that that something was uh, well. I, you know, maybe not a conspiracy because the White House has not been very communicative today, and that's been an issue. And we'll get to that in a moment. But um, so that's uh, Don Lemon. The reckoning, of course. They anytime you talk about President Trump and Something historic. Uh, you have to drag Carl Bernstein out of the nursing home and prop him up and put him up there, and he'll tell you just how important this moment is. We are now in the midst of a national security crisis that is different than anyone in our history in this country. Uh, we have to be concerned about adversaries, particular, particularly Russia. We don't know what his health is going to be. It's going to totally upend uh, the end of the election campaign. So every aspect of our national life in terms of stability is now affected in ways that we could never have envisioned a day ago. Everybody likes a panicker in a crisis, Carl. Thanks for helping. <laughs> Are we finally now going to let the science prevail? Right. Is the president going to... Right. Now that it thankfully got Trump, now will he admit that he's been wrong about everything and that these... These people uh, who have been uh, the, the bureaucrats who have been on all sides of this thing are right. Is this jerk going to finally admit that he's wrong about everything? Say it's time for the scientists to be listened to, including by myself. Uh, that, that we have a stark landscape in front of us. And also, let's take a look also at the effect of this on the rest of the world. Because it is going to be noticed there are movements in Great Great Britain in the UK right now saying, open up, open up. We don't want to be locked down anymore. Uh, this is going on in other places, too. It's very hard to imagine. Why does that bother you so much, Carl? What's wrong with the opening up, 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 opening up? The fact that the president got the coronavirus doesn't mean that we shouldn't still be opening. How is this a referendum on opening up suddenly? You see, now the president got it. Well, to me, that tells me that the most guarded, most secure man in the world got it. And it's... To me, that means that this thing is a clever little disease and uh, it, that uh, maybe, you know, hiding away while our livelihoods are destroyed along with our health maybe isn't the way to do it. That after this, that there is not going to be around the world another look at, at a cavalier approach that we must start to do what the scientists have told us, what the epidemiologists have told us. This, this is DEFCON 1 in terms of the health of the people of the United States, in terms of our political health. I would say we're not at DEFCON 1. If you look at the casualty numbers, uh, we're not at DEFCON. DEFCON 1 was a couple of months ago. Who knows? It could get worse, Carl. Who knows? But Jesus, I, man, I think I got to assume that that is the last name in the Rolodex that those producers called. And they're like, Jesus, do we want this long-winded idiot? <laughs> 
GMA, Good Morning America, Cecilia Vega, Suzanne Vega, somebody Vega, uh, has more bad news. The president is about to lose likely some very critical time in this final stretch of the campaign. And it is also a huge blow to his central message on the virus. He has been out there arguing that the country is rounding the corner, as he says, on this pandemic and that he can tackle this crisis. The fact that he now has a positive result completely undercuts his message on the virus. Are we sure? Does it completely undercut his message? I would say that if, if he dies tonight, that uh, maybe uh, it, that might go towards undercoming kind of some, of some of it. But he never said it wasn't a deadly virus. He simply tried to prop up, you know, uh, give some optimism, inject some optimism into the into the country. Well, of course. I mean, the whole thing is that it undercuts the message that the left is trying to tell you the president has been promoting. So in their fantasy world where Donald Trump says the virus is a hoax and it's all pretend, which that's not a real quote, by the way. Right. If anyone d doesn't know that because the media told you that that was a real quote, then I'm sorry, but it, it's not a real quote. Uh, he never said the virus was a hoax. He never said any of this stuff. I mean, he said on stage the other night that he wears the mask when he feels it's appropriate, just not in ridiculous situations when he's like 200 yards away from everyone else. So this is not, it's not a real narrative that President Trump doesn't believe in coronavirus and doesn't take it seriously and doesn't listen to the scientists. He's been listening to the scientists from the beginning. He has some healthy skepticism of doing every single thing the scientists say exactly when they do because he's the president of the United States and he has to balance competing concerns. You know, he's not Bloomberg who's, you know, banning big gulp sodas because the science said that they're bad so no one can have it. Like, that's not how he operates. He takes in the information, he weighs the different concerns, and he makes a decision that takes those competing concerns into account. By the way, Alice, you sound still sick. How are you feeling today compared to yesterday? I'm okay. I have a stuffy nose so and a sore throat. But other than that, I feel great. Well, you know. They're getting what was coming to them. Yeah, what's coming to you. According to Seth Moulton on the left, especially if it's coronavirus. Have you been checked? Have you been tested? No, I will not be tested. We'll, t we'll talk about that in a bit. We keep, keep that thought. Uh, George Stephanopoulos, not surprisingly. This comes after months of the president downplaying the pandemic to the American people, claiming he didn't want to cause more panic. And, of course, the president has attended crowded rallies, rarely seen in public wearing a mask, despite recommendations from top health officials, often heard mocking Joe Biden for wearing one as, last, as late as the last debate on Tuesday night. No, that wasn't loaded at all. That was not a loaded intro whatsoever. Not whatsoever. Tom Lemmis, my new favorite guy from ABC, similarly says, you had this coming, you punk. This morning, the president is learning in the worst possible way you can't argue your way out of this pandemic. The president's positive test comes after months. Listen how radioed out his voice is. The president's positive test comes after months. I don't like guys who affect their voices. <laughs> ...of a dangerous gamble, downplaying COVID-19, floating public health regulations, and minimizing the dangers of the virus. Was he floating public health re regulations? You know, else? flaunting and flouting is one of my biggest pet peeve word mix-ups, but uh, this that's a new one to me. I have not heard floating before. Yes, he was flouting, I think. Floating public... No. Floating public health regulations. No, he was flouting pu public health. You just, you just concentrate on your vo voice, Tom Lammas. <laughs> oh. <sighs> so here we are. The president is at Walter Reed Hospital now. The former Bethesda Naval Hospital. I learned a lot today uh, while watching this all happen. So one of the things, so that's, all right. 
One of the things that's been bubbling up on social media and terrestrial media today is the fact that the president's communication has been terrible. That's one of the reasons I just played that uh, video from the president. So apparently the, the White House had no presser today. They have been incommunicado, and that is not good. They absolutely should. So Major Garrett at um, CBS, formerly of Fox News, um, he's peeved about this. He's like, he's saying, like, where is where's the communication? We need to know something. He joined uh, Nora O'Donnell. Just this is just in, within the last thirty minutes or so, and this guy's like, uh, he's concerned. He wants, he's asking, what the hell's going on? Corresponded. When these matters have risen before, they were communicated. For a very simple and basic reason of governance, you want to calm and reassure the American public, you want to tell our allies what the situation is, and you want to tell any potential enemy things are under control, and we know what we're doing, and this is what the president's condition is. So they're why also are they doing bring, it, Major? Why do you think they're I have no idea. It? I'm utterly mystified. I'm utterly mystified other than they are taking directions from the president himself, who for whatever set of reasons, and I'm not going to speculate, Nora, it would be dangerous and irresponsible to do so, but for whatever reason, the president is not giving the green light to do this. There could have been a briefing at 4 o'clock this afternoon to say, you know what, the nation needs to know the president's going to go to Walter Reed. Here's the physician to explain what he's going to do at Walter Reed, why there's an office there where he can do presidential duties for the next couple of days. But simply a statement from the press secretary that the president of the United States now testing positive for a virus that he knows and has told Bob Woodward in the tapes we've all heard can potentially be deadly, is going to be at a hospital for several days. You do not create and leave open a vacuum of speculation about what is going on. You explain at the podium and you have the physician take questions from lots of reporters to have a give and take. Your give and take with Dr. John LaPook. You and I both have enormous respect for Dr. So we know it's, we know at least partly what's going on here is it's, October before the election, and they don't want to show a vulnerable side whatsoever. I think the, the White House is, and I'll use a, a word that I'm sure Carl Bernstein uses about every four words, is probably in some kind of crisis mode right now. They don't know how bad symptoms are probably. They don't know how bad this thing will end up for him. It, the, uh, the political landscape now is teetering. Um, it, it's, I mean, and, and I understand that, and they've got to... They've got to, you know, do whatever they can to maintain the 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 credibility of the campaign, um, and to and to you know try to put a shine on the situation, maybe if they can, or at least try to at least try to prevent a panic around this thing, or at least a, even a political pan panic around it. At the same time. You need to give disp dispense information about what's going on. We need to know what's going on and how bad this thing is. What kind of shape the guy is in? You know, they had the, the supposedly there's there's going to be video coming out now of the president uh, getting on the air and uh, Marine One, etc. But the shot that was provided before, uh, you know, the, the 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 cameras that were provided before were you know a city block away from that, and you couldn't see him get on. You want to know what kind of shape he was in getting on that you want to know some of these things you would think that kelly McEnany would be out there today dispensing information distributing information it can be even generic crappy information you know get dr mark siegel out there from fox news and deputize him for a day and have him bloviate but they're not doing it 
and I think that is a bit of a concern. Absolutely. I mean, I frankly, I would go further and I would say it's kind of reckless that they, you know, as that clip you played said, it they've allowed a vacuum to spring up. And that's not good because when you allow that vacuum, you allow the speculation to come in. And this is about more than, you know, his political prospects. I, I'm not, you know, particularly concerned about that either way. I'm not really caught up in who wins this election particularly. But, um, but I, but the fact is that he remains the commander in chief of the armed forces of the United States. And there, it's a big, big concern that we have enemies out there in the world who will look at this and get ideas if they think that there is some kind of crisis or chaos happening. This is a moment when the White House absolutely needs to project total calm total control of the situation. The fact that the president of the United States tweeted at 1 a.m. that he has coronavirus Mm -hmm. and then was incommunicado for the rest of the day is it's irresponsible. Uh, Honestly, it is. And I'm very, very glad to see that they put out this video where he's standing up and talking and appears lucid that he walked to Marine One under his own power. That's very reassuring. Um, But it just it absolutely just opens the door to speculation. They absolutely need to have doctors out there. You know, I don't even need them to be being truthful, frankly. I need them to be reassuring people and saying everything's fine. Because, like I say, this is a question of national security and a question of the stability of the United States of America, which is something we should all be concerned about. And I really, you know, the Biden campaign has suspended negative ads they announced earlier today. And, you know, frankly, like, I think that reflects... That's that's um, that's very smart, and we have some Biden's hand too. Biden is doing exactly what they do to land the plane at this moment. Well, yeah, I mean, it's and that's true politically. This is very good for him, and it's an easy, easy thing to do to not rock the boat and screw this up. All he has to do is look generous and gracious and stable for a couple more weeks. But that being said, I think it's also the responsible thing to do because. Um, You know, if he played into like saying like Trump's health is a national nightmare, like the way they did about John McCain, like, I mean, I know John McCain wasn't a sitting president, so it's different. But like, um, you know, speculating about his health or saying he's going to die, like you see a lot of people postulating on Twitter this stuff. If the campaign engaged that or if they do in the future engage that or try and turn that into a political ploy to try to make Trump look weak or unable to lead. I mean, that that really puts the United States at risk, in my view. And so I'm glad that they've chosen not to do that. And in this case, to take the high road on that front. Right. Well, I think they, well, just procedurally, there are redundancies in place and there are safeguards Against, you know, things happening around the world. You know, obviously, we have a military and a central command and a joint chiefs. We have a, a communication chain. We've got a vice president and you've got, you well, know, of course. So, but- so if the Chinese think that this is a good time to just simply kick down doors in Hong Kong. Or, uh, or, or or whatever, Iran decides that this is a good time to to carpet bomb Saudi Arabia. Uh, then, then there would be quick repercussions, and also it would be it, it would be an ill-conceived strategy because there's a new commander in chief coming on soon. Maybe I mean, and well, yes, there is a new commander in chief coming on soon. In but, theory, but that remains in question in terms of 
you know, how incapacitated will President Trump be before Pence decides that it's time to take the reins? Um, and will there be any period of time there? Will it be a day? Will it be hours when, like, for whatever reason, Trump isn't able to make calls on on big issues mm-hmm. and Pence, you know, hasn't taken over yet? And these are things that, you know, I, I mean, I don't know. You were around for the Reagan uh, thing, mm-hmm. right? And, and that's what I think of, honestly, because it it only came out after the fact what serious condition the president was in in that case. And they did a really good job making sure that no one knew what serious condition the mm-hmm. president was in. And that's for a reason. You know, uh, they need to make sure that people know the president is A-OK and fine and totally willing to call in the airstrikes if necessary. Right. You know, And if he's not, they need to make some decisions. And there was behind a bit of a scene. crisis during the Reagan thing as right. well. If you remember, the Secretary of State, Al Haig, said he was in charge. I'm in charge of things right here, right now. Meanwhile, the vice president's up in the airplane saying, the hell you are. And, yeah, and but they I mean, whacked Al, well, Al Haig after that. I mean, look at and, – and the president and the judgment calls that they make in the moment do absolutely make a difference, especially in modern warfare. I mean, like, look at the Soleimani call. Mm-hmm. Look at, um, you know, the – the strikes that Trump ordered early in his presidency, it, it really. Sure, the Bin Laden things, call from, the Bin Laden the, call the, from the, Obama. The Biden has said he wouldn't have Obama, done that. Right. right. So like these things, the individual who's there in that moment does make a big difference. And to have that a spot of that person who's making that decision be unoccupied or incapacitated for even a short period of time is very very concerning you know you don't so it's so that's why the fact that the president who tweets 24 7 you know tweeted last night that he's sick with a disease that really has a non-zero chance of death for him um you know not a huge chance of death but a higher than the flu for him anyway chance of death uh and then didn't say anything and then they were going to I mean, I'm glad they did put out the video, but then they're saying they're taking him to Walter Reed without any more information. That is uh, scary. And it's scary that they didn't uh, tamp down the speculation earlier in the process. You know, it's real. That to me is unconscionable and they need to get their communications under control 100 percent. yes and the media is not helping somebody just uh, tweeted the president's still not wearing his bleeping mask about the video he just did who yeah uh, i mean but is there uh, someone right. within so, six but feet of him to your point about the communications this is a little bit more of Nora o'donnell and major garrett and Nora o'donnell goes through very importantly just how we've been getting the information that we have this is the most serious health crisis for a president since ronald reagan was shot in 1981 We've got the president heading to Walter Reed for three days uh, to undergo evaluation. Shouldn't we hear from the chief of staff or the vice president? One one would think so, Nora. I'm I'm not sure if you're coming back to me or not, but I'll take it if you are. And to your point just a second ago about President Obama's remarks, former Vice President Joe Biden's remarks, this is not a partisan atmosphere. There is no partisan danger right now. There is only the need to inform. And the need to inform falls upon the White House. It is incumbent upon any White House to fill that void and do so with as many facts as you can assemble. And there are many benefits from that, some of which are political, but many of them are just about bringing the country to a place of common understanding. 
I'm not even going to go to the sort of bring the country together. No, no, just give the country a common understanding of what is, what is being done, and what, are the, what is the sense of the near-term future. And, and here's no one can the, predict here's, this for a week in advance, but they can predict right. it for the next two or three days. And for those that think that, the, that this may be criticism of uh, the White House, we should point out that um, the White House did not release that Hope Hicks had contracted coronavirus. One of the president's closest advisors, dare say friend, um, they didn't release that. It was a reporter who broke that news. Yes. Um, and a reporter who uh, was able to allow the White House press corps to know this is an issue. She'd been around not only other White House staff, but also reporters and other individuals who need to take care of themselves and their families had they been in contact with her. The details that we're receiving today about the president having a low-grade fever that has not come from a White House official. It comes from our reporters um, speaking to sources who are, are sharing that information with the press corps for a reason. Right. Because this is a democracy and people want to know about the health of the leader of the free world. Right. And Nora, neither you nor I know what a low-grade fever means. So we get it there. But there's that's important that none of this information has been disseminated through the communication shop in the white house absolutely where's the press conference with the physicians who are seeing mm -hmm. the president i mean like i realize that they are not going to answer every single thing but they need to be out there and they need to be talking and they need to be projecting some sense that the situation is under control because you know it doesn't necessarily look like it right now and that worries me i mean i'm hoping that they're just bad at making it look like things are under control and things are actually under control but like what if they're not well this has got to be i would assume it's coming from trump and the re-election team because too many people should be involved in having a conversation with the american people who are not i mean you would think that mark meadows would be uh, there should be a phalanx of white house staff and doctors there um talking to the press Mark Meadows should have uh, anecdotes just physically how his conversations with the president have been today, what's on the president's mind, what concerns him, um, you know, what kind of conversations the president's having with other people are. Um, and, um, and certainly the, the doctors should be telling us. And also Kaylee McEnany and even the, the flags at the other other departments or the State Department or the intelligence, whatever, should be telling us how things are all right in the world right now and how it's being handled just to, just showing us that this this roadmap um to uh, you know sustenance of uh you know the peace and prosperity is um is upheld you know hour to hour well right and i worry that part of this sort of vacuum is that you know, Trump is not, for all that we get, treated to his explanations of how he always hires the best people. He does not seem to be really good at hiring to and hanging on to people that uh, are in control of the situation. You know, there, there's been a lot of turnover in that White House. There are a lot of roles that remain unfilled. He does not have a stable veteran staff you know and part of that is also the washington elite deciding to boycott trump and part of that is trump just hating the washington elite well, and all the flax part and of that is also the fact that a lot of the staffers in the white house and that he inherited from previous um administrations turned out to be insurgents working against him constantly trying to undermine him constantly trying to leaking stuff well, to the right. press to damage him and so he has no a guy who probably is not very trustworthy of people anyway Mm -hmm. Has he doesn't use email? People say so. Even he does not trust 
he doesn't trust these people around him, except for, you know, Jared and a few other his family, essentially. Of course. And that it makes it a vicious cycle. And this is really, I think, where, like, if we're going to now Putin won, you know, uh, it this is where Putin wins, right? Is because the, the whole thing with the 2016 election was not about, like, Trump and Putin and Putin and Trump being big buddies or something for all the left wants to make it that. It's that Putin wants a weaker United States. And a weaker United States is a more chaotic, divided, and dysfunctional United States. Um, that is what the in is. That was the plan with the 2016 election. That is the plan of why they disseminate this information, why they're giving us information that Hillary Clinton's planning this and Donald Trump is doing that. And, um, and you know, Putin doesn't really care who wins the election, except for the fact that, you know, America will be weaker the more chaotic and distrustful America is. And so when you have a situation like this where Trump is elected and people are convinced that he's terrible and he's already suspicious of them for being the deep state or whatever, you know, he's getting rid of staff left and right. They're leaking things left and right. He doesn't trust them. They give perfectly good reasons why he shouldn't trust them. And and it just continues to a point where his White House is virtually unstaffed, it seems to me. I mean, I know that he has a White House staff and everything, but I, I believe that he is understaffed compared to previous administrations and that that this is a big part of the reason why, is that he doesn't trust the people in Washington and they don't trust him. Mm -hmm. And he's really had a hard time because of the left's uh, absolute hatred of him, absolute, you know, dedication to making sure that his presidency fails, um, you know, from within the White House, from within every executive branch department, they've been sabotaging, sabotaging, sabotaging. He's been firing and not replacing. And, you know, you end up with a situation where things don't happen the way they ought to be happening. Right. And in the, it, the way that Russian disinformation works is it's just very simple. Like the stupid ad buys on Facebook, which is, I don't know, $30,000, whatever it was, that were neither here nor there. They were not effective ad. It doesn't matter. We're just dumb, a dumb, small Facebook ad buy. But it's all discoverable. And so, you know, you have intelligence services who discover this stuff or other people or they're given the information by Russian operatives. Right. And then you have uh, you, Democrats add it to to see it. They're all upset about the Hillary win anyway, uh, loss anyway. And they use this stuff along with the dossier, which was written by a Russian operative, essentially. And they use this stuff because it's so partisan in Washington, D.C. They eat it all up. The Democrats eat it all up, create this big, stupid Mueller report thing. And the, the, the cynical politicians like Adam Schiff and Pelosi and the others then are ready and create the temp template and they create the structure for impeachment. Of course, the Mueller report, once they speak to Mueller, he's senile and has no information about his own report. Anyway, so that doesn't quite take... But the template is already there. So then they're already nine-tenths of the way there. They're getting, because they've ginned up their constituencies, they're, they're getting pressure to do it. And so when they get the Kuwait phone call thing, bang, here we go. We've already got the template there for impeachment. Let's just do it. They pull the trigger, bang, there you go. They never, there was nothing to any of this stuff, any point of the Russia stuff at all whatsoever. But you're right. It hampered him for more than two years of his administration. People went to jail over this. It really destroyed lives and careers. And um, and well, that's how pernicious this, this crap is. Well, and then they wonder why he's 
paranoid and thin-skinned. He's paranoid and thin-skinned because they are all after him. You know, not for well, nothing. Well, yes, <laughs> and they went after. They put it. They put a, a tail on him essentially, and were tapping his phones essentially, right? And going and shaking down his campaign and harassing them. It, it, it was all considered all fair game. And so he makes one phone call and talks about Biden's people. Once you think it's a fair is fair. And no, the Russian serv- the, the intelligence services in this country don't work for him going out. They work for him coming in. Well, of course. And I mean, you will remember essentially right after he was elected, you had all the like of questionable veracity, like rogue environmental department, Twitter account and rogue whatever. Right. Twitter account, you know, and it, I mean, look what they called their movement. They call it the resistance. They're pretending that they're fighting a dictator. This right. is not countries that have a resistance movement, you know, like Vichy France. That's not these aren't stable countries. That's not a healthy place to be in as a nation. And they would argue that Trump started it by being dictatorial. But that's that's a cop right. out. I mean, there there's no evidence that Trump's an authoritarian um, and and the, the pretend universe that they've concocted for themselves in which Trump is wannabe Hitler and they're the resistance movement is it's contributing to um, the the sort of dysfunctionality of the Trump White House. You know, for better or well, worse, yes. they are turning Trump into a worse president by their behavior. Oh, absolutely. He's had a rabid tiger on his back since moment one. And they're they're always saying, well, why isn't he more presidential? Well, why do you think he isn't more presidential? You've been concocting this crap. You've been absolutely persecuting and hunting him. He's under constant attack. And, 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 they, and it never stops. This week we're going through a, a white supremacist thing where, oh, my God, you know what? He's a he's in bed with white supremacists. That's his that's his uh, you know, that's his station is to be an authoritarian with white supremacists, you know, arms like so it's all made up BS and he's had to deal with this stuff. But so anyway, that's where the distrust comes from. And it's understandable that with also he's a shady New York real estate guy and you don't you have a fixture like Michael Cohen and there's stuff you do and there's phone calls you make and, you know, palms to grease and other stuff like that. Well, right. But in any case, in a situation like we've seen since, you know, 1 a.m. last night, it definitely uh, has led to a lot to be desired in terms of the professionality of the the professionalism of the of the White House communications. Certainly. Right. I mean, I think there's a lot of factors that we've gone into here that contribute to that. But but uh, yeah, I would like to see them step up their game. I don't know if the Pence team can, you know, lend some help here, or if they're just, you know, circling. <laughs> waiting yeah, or, for... or somebody's going to have to. Somebody, and this this is good because it brings us into the politics. Because somebody's going to have to appear to be uh, at the head of the ship of state, and somebody's going to have to appear to be at the at least driving the ticket out in the real world while he is quarantined. Right. So. What's happened today, and the Biden people are very good about this, starting with the tweet of well wishes, etc. Joe Biden is now out on the stump, so now it's Trump who's locked inside, and Biden's out there all over the place. Right, and Biden has an easy task in front of him. Exactly, and this is essentially what he's doing. Center for Disease Control. Dr. Redfield said, and I quote, and he held up a mask, he said, these face masks are the most important, powerful public health tool we have. Then he held the mask up again and said, 
This face mask is more guaranteed to protect me against COVID than a vaccine. End of quote. Leading scientist from the university. You see what's happening here. Mm -hmm. The branding and the intertwining the face mask with Team Biden. He's wearing one. He's talking about one. He's talking about how the face mask is better than a vaccine. In other words, Biden has the answer for you right now. All you ever had to do was listen to him. Listen to him. He's being very presidential. He's being a leader in this in this uh, in this um, in, in this healthcare crisis. He's not talking about uh, the fish food and bleaches and all that stuff. You know, he's being exactly who you'd want. University of Washington, tell us that we can save more than one hundred thousand American lives in the next hundred days alone. If everyone wore a mask in public. Of course, that is complete and utter horse bleep. I don't care who's saying it, who's saying it whatsoever. I, if, I'm sure if you wear three masks and stay in the basement, <laughs> then you, you, you'll, you won't get the flu. You won't get pneumonia this year. You'll get, you'll, that's just total bold bleep. This idiot on Twitter today, what did he say to me? Oh, that's right. Some idiot who's, who, who um, I won't say his name because he's an idiot, but he teaches at UMass uh, Boston, I think. Said to me, he there was a there was a college there was a, a study showing that Trump is responsible for thirty seven percent of the coronavirus disinformation in the country. <sighs> that this guy teaches people for a living, this moron, and he actually said that the straight face as if they've gone and you know what, guys, go find all the different disinformation in the country. You know, go to every VFW hall and every um, every uh, you know uh, Texas Pete's. And uh, every website and every Reddit board and find all, count all of this information and contact, trace it back to whoever gave it out. 37% is Trump. Anyway, it's just. Yeah, I mean, I think what they mean is that 37% of the online news disinformation comes from Trump, which I I think that's the analysis that they did is the online news analysis, which is not America. It's also not a a science that you could have any belief in. This is, but this is. That math works. Right. I mean, I believe that math works, but I believe that you have that to pay that math works. Okay. Well, but you have to pay attention to what the math is measuring. You can do math, but you have to keep your eye on the ball, right? Like online America is not America. And like, I mean, people fall into this trap all the time. They think the stuff they see on Twitter is real life, and it is not real life. The Twitter polls do not reflect reality. The uh, analysis of how much online news sources say XYZ is not reality. You have no way of knowing what people believe or don't believe that gets put out there. You have no without actually going right. out it's and talking to people. Alice, we don't have to, you don't have to say it nicely. You save that well, precious little voice of yours. There's hardly any of it left. Let's get back to Biden <laughs> for a second. Okay. So let me repeat that because it's so important. We can save 100,000 lives in the next 100 days, according to the head of the CDC. All you have to do is wear the mask and vote for Joe Biden. If everyone wears a mask in public. If everyone wears a mask in public, we'll save 100,000 lives. Everyone in public. There are, are there any other factors we should know about, by the way, with what's happening in public? Is public out in the public streets well, right. I mean, right. like, if I go to the woods and I wear a mask, does that make a difference? No, obviously not. But I, the whole thing is dumb and crazy. I mean, like, Trump is right on this. You wear a mask when it makes sense to wear a mask, which is indoors in crowded, poorly ventilated settings. 
And, you know, when you're going to be in close contact with other people for a prolonged period of time, not just all the time, not while you're riding your bike on the bike path right. by yourself. Like, so be patriotic. It's not about being a tough guy. It's about doing your part. Wearing a mask is not only going to protect you, but it also protects those around you. Your mom, your dad, your brother, your sister, husband, wife, neighbor, co-worker. President. Don't just do it for yourself. Do it for the people you love, the people you work with. There's Biden being the caring nurturer, bringing us all together. Yeah, but he's this presidential. Is, yeah, he's getting all these free shots today. It's a, it's a, a, their campaign is doing exactly what they should be doing. Why not? It give people a sense of comfort. He's wearing the mask. He's standing upright. We'll see if that lasts. Let's, I'd like to start by acknowledging, which I'm sure all of you do as well, sending my prayers for the health and safety of the First Lady and President, uh, President of the United States after they tested positive for COVID-19. My wife Jill and I prayed that they'll make a quick and full recovery. This is not a matter of politics. It's a bracing reminder to all of us we have to take this virus seriously. Now, that's just the skyhook slam dunk and then, like, hang on to the rim and swing for about five <laughs> seconds move. That's an easy, easy layup. It's the right thing to say. It's politically advantageous. That is just a win, 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 win. And, and Biden's got this. Politically, they've got a carte blanche now to do what they want. There is, to use another sports analogy, there's an open net with Trump. Uh, tucked away now, there's an open net for the Biden uh, campaign to do what they want. They don't have to go on the attack. They can show empathy towards Trump, not something that he's good at showing towards other people. They can keep messaging on the mask stuff unless unless I can't even and I don't know. So I've talked to today, I've talked to a whole bunch of people and uh, the conservatives, I, I have some wise people, and just politically, this ain't good for um, the Trump uh, administration or the Trump campaign. I mean, that's not exactly profound, but if, if he's unable to do anything, and who knows how long that he'll be, um, like who knows how long that he'll be that he'll be in a condition where he's still shedding virus. So that he's um, he's you know able to spread it. It's contagious. So you you add from that then the ten to fourteen days. Where does that bring us? It certainly past the next debate. There's, we can't have the next debate in person. There's no doubt about that. Um, and and who knows what that will mean politically. Meanwhile, Biden can just you know zigzag through. Oh, I, I think Go ahead, that, say that again, Allison. maybe yes and no. I think that uh, the Biden campaign must be on the one hand elated that it's going to be this easy for Biden to look good uh, while Trump is incapacitated here. But at the same time, I'm sure they are terrified that Biden might test positive because. Well, and if that happens, then all bets are off with everything. So because Hope Hicks was showing symptoms Wednesday, supposedly, Um and it, so this is why it's important and remains a question. Did Trump get it from hope? Did they both get it from a common source? How long ago was Trump exposed to this? You know, when was I mean, obviously, he was tested immediately previous to the debate. But um, but if Hope Hicks was showing symptoms Wednesday, she 
she certainly would have been contagious. I believe she was in the debate audience as well, not wearing a mask. Uh, but yeah. Trump and Biden were on a stage together speaking loudly for an extended period of time indoors. Right. And by the way, but I just want you to say, because I don't want this to be codified into fact. Hope wasn't wearing a mask, but we don't know if Trump getting the coronavirus has anything to do with anybody wearing masks or not. No, absolutely not. But I'm saying that um, that uh, Hope was almost certainly, if she was showing symptoms Wednesday, she was almost certainly contagious Tuesday. Oh, right. Okay. And on Tuesday, she was in a room with a bunch of Biden people not wearing a mask in an indoor environment. Right. So... So, I mean, like, is does the mask, like, black and white stop it or let it go? No, it's not that simple. But it's one factor out of several that increases the likelihood of getting the virus if you're not wearing a mask around someone else who's not wearing a mask who has it. You know, so that's – it's certainly a factor. I don't think anybody can deny that it's, you know, one piece of the puzzle of how contagious this thing is. And so, like we say, we don't know – how contagious hope was um we don't know that trump got it from her they could have both got it from somebody else um what we do know is that uh you know they could easily potentially have been contagious at a time Mm -hmm. when they were in a room with biden and his family and by the way like this is one thing i read that kind of hit me um biden had as his like guests from the public people whose relatives had died of coronavirus so now they're like in terror because uh right you know they were in this room which is sort of cruel like i don't know that i would have brought them to that event anyway just on whatever well but, that's what you do you know they're like little they're like I mean, uh, little I, sea mines so that the the ships can can you know explode when they're right i mean i get it but it also seems just kind of it's ghoulish no there's no doubt about that but so here's the thing. Is it, so I was talking to one guy today who's been in the media business for probably 40 years or so. And he thinks that Trump is essentially done politically for this race. He thinks Trump is done and that um, that the Republicans should should draft Nikki Haley to be on the ticket. Uh, Haley Pence or Pence Haley, I guess it would be. Um, and then, all right, I don't know if we can bribe him with something or at all. But you can talk. Are you tra- are, okay, I just asked Sally to go get him a cough drop, and I don't know what happened because I haven't seen her come back. Sally, Sally, I don't know if she understood what I was trying to say. Okay, she's coming. So, so the person I was talking to, I'm going to shut you down for a second here, Alice. Just well, just in case he screams in there. The the what we've heard um, is that yeah, what you said it is that it should be the Pence Haley. Um, and that that Trump might be amenable to it because Trump doesn't want to lose the election, and so he might step down. That way, he he spares himself a loss, and you've got a ticket that could uh, that could win, and it could be win 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 for everybody. I don't think I don't think Donald Trump is going to is going to do that whatsoever. I mean, I don't think I, I just don't think that Donald Trump. I he will die before he says no i'm going to drop out of this thing and and let somebody else take over this this has been quite a ride for him and he's not getting off this ride i don't i don't think that's possible somebody else 
Uh, I talked to Michael Graham this morning. We were yelling at each other for quite a while. Um, and he thinks that the Trump Trump is over because – and this is what you hear a lot of because – and this is – you know, for the, 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 a lot of pundits and campaign people feel this way – is that there's something – you know, this there's this karmic symmetry to Trump having been a skeptic of the coronavirus and, uh, you know, and eschewing some of the guidelines of the healthcare community and the, the sciences, I guess, the Biden would say. And so that to, it's too easy a case to be made that now this is him getting bit in the arse uh, by his own naivety. And it, it fits, you can tie a bow on that. It fits perfectly. And, and my feeling was is that if for a campaign consultant or Washington pundit, yeah, that's wonderful. It's easy. Or some marketing weasel who's, who's you know, hired onto a campaign, that's, that's great. But my feeling was that uh, that that people aren't going to buy that. There's too People have lived through this virus and the complexities and the evolution of facts and all sorts of different data that we're supposed to get. And that that's, they're not going to buy that. His feeling was essentially that that the voter ten percent in the middle are stupid enough that that's all they need, and that it's over. And um, so my my own feeling is it over for Trump? Um, I don't know. I he doesn't make it easy. I'll tell you that. I look at twenty sixteen and say at this point in twenty sixteen, what happened? A few days from now in twenty sixteen, the Access Hollywood tape came out. Really? Was that early? I almost thought it, it was, was later in October. It was a few days ago. It was a few days from now. Okay. Uh yeah, maybe a week from now, maybe maybe two. Right. Um But before and, that, certainly. Right. And so and so that the same guy I was talking to who worked in fifty who who worked in media for forty years, I was working with when that happened four years ago. And we took a little while we laughed at each other and said what what do we have? And and he's he said you know Trump is going to have to give one hell of a debate performance to get out from underneath that. And I don't know that he did. He he, he was fine. I think I don't think he debate. had to because of the Comey announcement. Well, but but the thing was is that just as far as being in that point and having that come out, you can't be a presidential candidate and have said spoken those words, and it's on tape. <laughs> And be viable. That's the end of a campaign. Right. But the thing about Trump is he doesn't accept the terms of what's what's acceptable and what can and can't happen in a campaign. (laughs) Right. Obviously, he doesn't accept them in in office. So, I mean, Romney obviously would have stepped down. It would have been shocking to have Romney have said it, actually. (laughs) Right. But but, so, so it matters. Trump has a big say in all of this, whether his campaign's dead or not. And also, it matters what happens. If the president dies, well, then we don't have to worry about what's going to happen because it is over. If well, the we might does, have to worry about what's going to happen. Well, well, but that's a different, different, okay. different worry. If the president recovers in a few days and is back there in two weeks and they can rejigger a little bit of his messaging, well, then he's the unstoppable Donald Trump. The only thing is the thing that he needs to do. The thing that he can't do is what he'll probably do is spend his waking moments tweeting torpedoes <laughs> at his enemies because you because that's all you'll hear from him because he'll be sequestered. So and so he won't he won't garner any empathy that way. And it's hard to for him to garner any empathy because he's such a jerk to people. So if there's some way 
And I saw a little bit of it with the with the 15 second video today. Well, I think I'm doing pretty well. If there's some way to portray that guy, then that is good. And and also with Trump, you just never know. I don't know if Pence. There's a debate coming up Wednesday with Kamala Harris and Mike Pence. If Pence has some magic that he he's able to use to show Kamala Harris as being a radical and somebody unfit and somebody who's going to certainly be a hat. radical and just a lightweight. Well, sure, lightweight's fine though because Tim Kaine was although Tim Kaine AOC, lost. So, 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 AOC well, is a radical yeah, but, who's not a lightweight well, in right. terms of. Um, I don't mean lightweight like an intellectual lightweight because I think you know in a lot of ways Kamala Harris is more informed and smarter than AOC, but. Uh, AOC is not a lightweight in terms of politics and um, her her ability to uh, form a political narrative. Kamala is, you know, like you said, like owning the room. You know, Kamala walks in and just is trying to please people and flustered and laughs and you know, AOC uses every second. She's radical. She is maybe not a genius, but she absolutely is a political heavy AOC. Right. She's a true believer in an ideologue, and she doesn't have to ever leave her belief system. She can stay within it and broadly combat and repel um, charges against her because she never has to leave. She never doesn't have an answer. Kamala right, never has an answer. Yes. And, and we'll see if that does something. Generally, these VP matchups don't mean anything but this time around when you're dealing with two people who very well could be president of their vp in short order uh -huh. biden's essentially promised it then yes that that could mean something um but we'll see i mean it, the prognosis has it, it has not been good what already seemed if you look at the battleground polls which haven't narrowed to where you need them to narrow um and where Biden still has leads in, in, in just about all of these polls. Well, right. And I think that the evidence is starting to make it look like potentially Biden widened his lead after the debate a bit, which is not um, unexpected necessarily. But um, it it wasn't looking great for Trump electorally anyway. But I think if we learned anything from 2016, it ought to be that at the warp speed at which our news cycle now moves um, – 32 days is an extraordinarily long time before the election for a lot of things to happen. I I think Trump's electoral prospects right now are not good, but mm -hmm. I wouldn't count him out, certainly. Right. Well, and, I, and another reason, if you just want to use, if you want a, a very general, unscientific reason to not count him out, is because he's one for one. He already won an impossible election. Right. Unbelievably. The entire political system, all the best minds, all the best money was against him last time. And it was essentially he ran a campaign. It was him, Hope Hicks, Corey Lewandowski, a couple of other people who are in jail now. and <laughs> Brad Parscale. And, yes, Brad Parscale, who may be in jail soon. And, uh, and that was it. Um, and and they, they managed to – Trump managed to communicate with the American people – and instilled in them a confidence that he was a better advocate for what really mattered. And what really mattered at that point wasn't, you know, letting men use into the girls' room. What really mattered was restoring jobs, letting people, giving people a shot at the American dream. So 
Um, that's where I am on that. So you were, we were going to talk about, and we have a baby eruption. If you haven't heard, you have heard, you saw us try to, to eradicate. I'm keeping that in by the way, Alice, our negotiations with the cough drops. Um, but, uh, okay. We wanted to talk about at some point why you're not going to, um, why you're not going to, um, get a coronavirus test. Right, Alice. And then, right. and then, and then as well, uh, talk about, um, um, how this works if if a candidate and I don't mean to be macabre, um, I don't mean to I don't mean to, to is I don't mean to, to f- I don't mean I... to float uh, my job here floating public health regulations. But um, if a candidate is unable to if, if if Trump should pass away or Biden should pass away or be incapacitated right, in any way right, right now, but is still on the ticket, what happens? Right. So, do you want to hear the coronavirus test first? Uh, yeah, or, or we can table it till tomorrow. It's up to you. Well, I'm not getting a coronavirus test because I don't have coronavirus. I have a little cold. And, I mean, as usual, when I have a cold... All right, let's continue this tomorrow. Let's, we'll finish okay. it tomorrow. We're doing why you don't want to do the coronavirus tomorrow. And um, what happens when the ticket... If the ticket happens, let me give you the quick answer is that if you vote for Trump and Trump were to die or Biden were to die, then probably then chaos breaks out. Well, well, yes, but probably those those you're really voting for electors who would still vote for the ticket that you wanted. Ideally, that's how it works perfectly. So you're you're voting for electors who are selected by your party, who presumably like Trump. Um, They are pledged to in some states, not all to vote. Okay. 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 So they're pledged. So that's where we are so far. In some states. Okay. The baby, the big kid is erupting. So that that is it till tomorrow morning. We'll be. We're gonna do another one tomorrow. Um. It, thank you so much for joining us. This is a crazy time. I realize that. I understand it's stressful for you and stressful for us, but we're all hanging out here together. Appreciate you. Um. All the the, the kind comments and all the, the reviews and I really like the reviews and the if you can do a five star thing that is good. I don't. I don't still know why it's good, but we appreciate it. Thanks so much. We'll see you tomorrow. We'll be back at it, everybody. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. The number one selling product of its kind with over 20 years of research and innovation. Botox Cosmetic, Autobotulinum Toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis, or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com.